The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is All Things Elite. Welcome back to All Things Elite. Load up the pod, and the song when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to All Things Elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Hear from them first. Swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex network zone. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the red, getting in the zone. Pulling up a show, give it seven stars, you already know. Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity? I'm gone. everybody welcome to the 203rd episode of social suplexes podcast about aew with the proclivity for positivity welcome to all things elite my name is austin somewhat i'm the host of this lovely show and joining with me as always is my good buddy and friend mr floyd johnson jr my man how are you doing i am super duper excited uh we are recording on august 10th that means we are 17 days to all in in london i am super excited i am super pumped up i am just super also we got nfl football preseason football on uh the nfl network tonight my chiefs start their uh start their uh uh what is it the repeat season again their second attempt to repeat in like the last four years that starts on sunday uh everybody loving the quarterback thing on netflix Dude, it's just it's a good time to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. All I have to say, football-related things are two things. One, CJ Stroud looked great, didn't he? Oh, H. Oh, H. Finish it, fans. Finish it. Fuck you and your quarterback. Fuck that school. But anyways, uh, I got that to say. And again, repeat season, but you're losing week one. But yeah, it got preseason football that's going on right now. I mean, for me, high school football starts in like a couple of weeks. Um, and yes, all in, we are getting that much closer and closer. And we are starting to get matches coming down the pipeline for that show. Uh, so we got a lot to look forward to. Um, we got a big week in AEW, of course, to talk to you, uh, you guys about and cover it like we always do. Uh, but before we get into everything, we got to just do a little bit of paying the bills. Make sure you guys download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And also be sure to subscribe. No matter what platform you listen to us on, you will never miss an episode if you do that. And it helps out the show tremendously, as well if you give us a rating and a review. Those help out a ton. And also let us know what you would like to hear from the show if there's anything specifically there. But easy way for you guys to support us as well is following us on not X, Twitter, fuck that name. Uh, follow us at AT Elite Pod at Social Suplex. They are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S Z U M O W I C Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on tw- uh, on Twitter. And of course, big news of the week: we are 17 days away, like Floyd said, from AEW All In at Wembley Stadium in London, England, and it was on track to doing it, and it has done it. It broke. The attendance record, SummerSlam 1992, last updated right now since we've last checked, 79,346. 
just a little bit over 200 more than SummerSlam 1992 for one of the highest attended wrestling shows of all time. This is huge. Like the fact that this happened, like again, I've told Floyd about this. I was still gassed when they sold out a 10,000 person venue in 2018 with the first all in. They've now times that nearly by eight. And it's absolutely unreal. A huge milestone for AEW. Um, and I just, like I said, I'm ecstatic to see the show and how it turns out. And like, this is just huge for AEW. One of the biggest accomplishments that they've had. And I, that England, English crowd is going to be insane for this show. I know it. And I know Floyd, you are going to have a blast there as well, but a huge accomplishment for this show as we're a little over two weeks away from it, uh, airing and already broke SummerSlam 92's record. It's outstanding. My guess when I was talking to JR and I kept saying the number so many times, I remember it was 82,000. 132. That was always my number. I don't think it'll be that number as in that exact number. But, you know, you got 17 days to the show, right? It's a happening. It's like literally the largest show in UK history. At this point in time, there are going to be people that buy tickets just to say they were there. You know what I mean? Let me buy a $30 ticket upstairs. So I do think they're going to hit the 82,000 mark, especially with 17 days left. It's some walk-ups, that kind of thing. That's and it's, I found out today it's the biggest stadium in the UK. So let's just say... Oh, yeah, no, Wembley Stadium is the biggest. Yeah, that's, that yeah, is like where... Say, that's where the national football team plays for, yeah. the, for the entire uh, country of England. Yeah, let me just say, WWE is like, oh, we're going to try to beat it. They're literally going to have to go to the same stadium. That's the only stadium that they could beat it in. <laughs> like pretty i mean pretty much close to that yeah yeah no other stadium is that big so you like unless they're gonna build a stadium to get 10 th- or whatever thousand many more people in there that make any sense uh but yeah i am uh this is it's an amazing news uh as i've stated i mean what you could do honestly it's an idea i i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to like push a war or anything like that but like there have been constant talks about like a wrestling show specifically i know Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh talked about bringing WrestleMania to the big house in Ann Arbor. I mean, like, it's kind of crazy how one of the biggest college universe, like, biggest football stadiums in college sports has never been used for a wrestling show. And honestly, they could have done it for SummerSlam. It would have been warm, would have been nice outside. And I guess the only problem would just be around that time, of course, you got to get through the athletics department and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, that's a stadium we haven't had a wrestling show at. And it's, its capacity for football games is over a hundred thousand people. So you take away some of the back seating and then add floor seats. You could probably get close. Yeah, you could probably get close. Um, yeah, but uh, what was going to say? Um, I, like I said, I'm super excited for the show. I'm super excited to be there. What they announced this week, we'll talk about later. Um, uh, it's just the whole idea of the of the in there as i've said many times before i was at all in i I had the privilege of being at all in literally i all in was such a historic show it's beat the hell but i still have my ticket for all in the actual paper ticket it is in my cody Rhodes signed funko pop you know the uh new japan ones the the first one they have in it is in the back of that funko pop and i will pretty much keep this and keep it until i expire 
because it was just such a monumental moment in my wrestling life to be able to say I was there. Fast forward all in. I mean, that, that, I mean, that started the, I mean, the revolution was going, but that was the flag, the planting the flag of the revolution that the elite were here to stay all in was. And now we're back to, we're at the second all in, the second version of all in. And that was that American planting the flag. And now this is the UK planting the flag to say, all AEW is not just an American company. They're just not, don't just have an American fan base. They are literally breaking the work record. And as I told, as I told JR, which I of course didn't say on the show, the one thing that they needed to do was make it, make it a happening, make it a show, make it. I don't care what's on the show. I just want to say I'm at the show and that's what mm -hmm. they did. They have successfully done that. I know uh, many WWE friends that live there that they're, they're primarily WWE. They're going to the show just kind of to say they're at the show. And that's amazing. I am super happy. Uh, the only thing would be better if Cody would be there, but I, of course I've let long, let that go. But I would love for him to be there. And, uh, you know, there's a few other people that are going to be booked on the show that I'm I'm have a super interest in. And, yeah, I could I could see myself. I remember when Cody won at that show, won the NWA title, I kind of shed a tear, you know. Like, I didn't flat out cry, but I kind of shed a tear. I was just really excited that he got that moment. It was such a big thing. I was like, I don't know if it gets bigger than this. And then, you know, I've experienced WrestleMania with him in it. But yeah. this one is, uh, this one, I don't know. It might mean a little bit more with uh, what they announced this week. So we'll see. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to get into this week in AEW. Now, the first thing we got to talk about is in regards to Rampage. Uh, only small other thing I'll mention was that Anna Jay beat Sky Blue in uh, a bit of a surprising way, and it would set up her uh, eventual title match that she had with Akarashita on AEW Dynamite from this past week. So it was kind of interesting I, to see Anna Jay get a win over Sky Blue. I, I have some thoughts on the women's division. You know what oh, we Oh, we're doing this again, yeah? No, 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 no. This is not really a disparaging thing at all. This is a. Uh, no, I'm not even saying that. We're just talking about this again. No, I'm just saying. This week, and we're going to talk about the matches. We're going to talk about the results. I need some more surprises. Like, so far, it's, you know, like, it was, like, kind of cookie cutter. I want some mm -hmm. upsets. I want to build some people. I literally, I need you to get people talking about the women's division. I don't know what will do that, but an upset might have yeah. helped. But it was like... It yeah, was I was like, like a, that was at least a little yeah. bit of a surprise considering the fact yeah. that Sky Blue had been getting major momentum and then yeah. for Anna Jay to get the win, it was a big surprise in that regard. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, like, it was just a singles match with nothing on the line. It just set up the fact that Anna Jay was challenging Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's title. But, yes, we are right there in that fact where we need more surprises and just basically more feuds where you can surprise us. So. Yes, Absolutely. But also, we can say firmly that since we did that episode where we talked about the women's division and the state that it was in, a uh, bunch of women from the AEW uh, roster came out defending the women's locker room, including a great one by uh, uh, Ruby Soho, and pretty much where everybody said that Ruby Soho is just a gem, which we all kind of expected, but yeah. Um, so yeah, the whole ordeal just kind of devolved into like AEW, like the girls having to kind of stamp the foot down and being like, no. Things yeah. are not the way that you are trying to say it. 
And then MJF had the biggest dagger of the whole ordeal. You didn't, if you didn't see his tweet talking about defending the women's roster and going after the one girl, oh my god. See, and my whole thing with that is, my whole <laughs> thing with that was, uh, I loved how everybody had each other's back. But I even said this, and I, I, I love how they addressed it. But it was like what they said to me. Like, again, I guess it looks bad from a certain way, but when you watch wrestling and you, I don't even kind of say study wrestling. I'm not going to talk like I'm an expert, but when you've heard the rumors, like, through wrestling in general over the years, it just didn't seem like that big of a freaking deal. It mm -hmm. just didn't seem like something to blow up the internet over. People didn't right. jump up and say hello to her and love her and hug on her. And people were asking what she was doing there. And it's like, yeah, so? It didn't even sound like they were particularly mean to her. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh. I read it and I was just like, this is nothing. Again, it, like I said, it's the, same, it's the same instance where it's like, you know, people were freaking out like, oh, here comes another bombshell in regards to CM Punk and the ESPN interview and then it turned out to be literally nothing. Yeah, it was like, like I said, y'all are just freaking out over nothing and then trying to make stuff bigger than it actually is. Mountains out of molehills. Mole yeah, when I worked in the office and someone that we didn't know came in and started sitting around, you know what people would ask? What are you doing here? Like, what are you doing? What's, what's going on? And they would want to know what this new person in our space is there for. And they would probably mm -hmm. continue on with their day uh, talking to the same people that they talk to rather than, you know, making you feel welcome because whatever. It's just, I don't know. It feels like human nature. I Like I said, I thought last week it wasn't anything. After everybody reacted, I was still like firmly on I don't feel like anything actually happened. Mm -hmm. They're like they didn't yeah. like they didn't get her in the corner and do like a sock party and beat her with a sock. Like you don't belong here. No, nothing. Like <laughs> it's like what? What? What's again? Going on? The whole ordeal was just again. It's like wrestling Twitter just absolutely cannibalizing itself in a sense. So it's just like you know again we want women's wrestling. We want women's wrestling to be good across the board. And like I said, it's not just an AEW thing. It is a WWE thing as well as across the board in in in, in the industry. Like. We saw the struggles of SummerSlam with that Ronda Rousey-Shayna Baszler match. We saw the struggles in that regard. They pulled Becky Lynch from that show where Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus absolutely could have been on that show. Oh, so, dude. like, dude, guys. We, we, did, we did the math. So, from the time uh, Jay Uso's music started to the time Roman and Jay Uso actually touched, I think, was 25 minutes. You telling me we couldn't have put a wrestling match in there? Yeah, look, I'm like, I'm for everyone for everyone who was in Detroit. I hope you had a good time. I still believe that that show was kind of eh, and Detroit deserved better, considering how long it had been since Ford Field got a show like this. Detroit kind of deserved better in my mind. But again, I want more shows like this to come to Detroit. So you know, Detroit wrestling. No, help uh, my people, dude. Big time wrestling used to be a big deal in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody got the big win, so I was happy. But you there know. you go. And then I had some people over watching, so that adds to the experience every time. Absolutely, absolutely. But regardless of the fact, there was that uh, moment. Uh, sticking with Rampage for one last moment, we of course had the second parking lot fight featuring best friends as they took on the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, featured a lot of pretty good moments. Uh, my favorite being when they just basically tried to scare the living shit out of Sue. Like, they just absolutely tried to traumatize her a little bit. And, yeah, it was a pretty intense match. 
the finish honestly kind of came out of nowhere to me. I thought like, you know, he took a stomp on the windshield. Claudio got the pin. And I was like, after everything that happened, I kind of thought that there would be a bigger spot that would have caused the finish. Regardless of the fact, though, BCC ran wild on it. Um, and I love best friends in this matchup. Like I said, they were so good in the first one. And I love best friends when they get to this point where they have to get to this level of violence. Um, but you're not going to beat BCC when it comes to violence in this regard. Uh, hot, hot take. Best friends should have won. They should have won, in my opinion, still. No, no like it's I said, like I, it was I, I, it was it was a, it was just kind of like like back we, back we, to the state of the norm and stuff like that. We just Best got a lot winning of winning this match. Like it would like it said, it would it would solidify this as their match and also solidify them as a tag team that could actually compete for the AEW tag team titles. And also, if Orange Cassidy loses the international championship, he, which he's getting close to the point, he, this man has been working with like like shoulder tape and a messed up hand for a while now. Eventually, he's going to come to a point where he's going to run out of gas and he's going to have to lose the title. You could have best friends with OC and Trent and Chuck go after the trios titles as well. Like, I want best friends to be, like, protected a little bit more and given more, like, big, big wins like that, so. I, I am of a different opinion. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, Moxley, uh, Claudio, Wheeler, pretty pretty funny good. But I feel like we've got a lot of them over the last few months. Now, you give the best friends a win, and we focus on the best friends of Lucha Bros, and maybe Blackpool Combat Club takes kind of a step especially back. Con- yeah, especially considering the fact that we're waiting for uh, Danielson to come yeah. back healthy. Yeah, and they take a step back. I don't think anything would be wrong with that. Like, I think more so, like I said, they don't need to take a step back and just being a, like, just, but get these guys in singles feuds. Like, we don't need the BCC yeah. in, like, gang warfare. I'm just kind of burnt out on them doing this same match. It feels like I'm watching reruns when they wrestle. Uh, that's just me. I know that, like, if you love Blackpool Combat Club, absolutely. But I don't feel like. Right, I feel like since I just watched Anarchy in the arena, I st- w- w- since watched the Double Cage, now now you go into the uh, they're just doing up for what I feel is a lot of the same matches. Yeah, I mean it's it, it it just gets to the point where it's like you know how many times can you do these gimmick matches where it does it, where it feels fresh and it feels exciting. Yeah, and like I said, it especially does feel exciting when the stories like lead into it as well. Maybe and don't love, go a street fight for a little bit. I'm not saying a long period of time, but like a month sure. or two. Just like let us let it let street fights matter. Like right now, we like I said, it's like every few weeks we're having some kind of street fight, some kind of no holds barred match, and it's just yeah. I do think BCC BCC has been all over the place for the company for the company and been used consistently all the time. I think it's time for another like kind of like storyline to kind of get the front, forefront of it, and maybe we'll get to that point. Yeah, but I, I get where you're at though. Um, in that regard, this match was still really good. I will say, um, I don't know if it was better than the first one, just because the first one was so unique at the time in like the stuff that they had used. They definitely amped it up, but I do think that the, because of the uniqueness of the first one and because it came during the pandemic and they managed to make that match like especially great during a time where wrestling was in a weird period of time, I'm always going to have a soft spot for the first parking lot brawl compared to this one. Um, but again, use best friends more. They're so good. And also get them in a position where they could legitimately go after the tag titles because they are legitimately good. 
and I think they should be tag titles before they're all said and done in AEW. I firmly will stand my ground on that repeatedly. Yes, I, I mean, I I thought we should build to a best friend and FTR big match. I don't know if they should have beat them, but I felt like we should at least built to a big match. Maybe maybe them at all in or whatever they decide to. I mean, all out or but um, I just think you know the best friends are just so loved by the audience, right? Giving mm-hmm. you building to them a big match on Collision or on Dynamite, I don't think would hurt anything and i think it would give their fans you know something to be very happy about yeah no i would i would get that too um moving over to collision opening up with the aw world tag team titles being defended by ftr against big bill and brian cage um solid match i will say for my four my myself biggest thing was what came afterwards floyd i will let you go in terms of talking about your boys and what they their their call out from this show. All right, so a couple things. Fully, really excited. I was really excited for this match. I really wanted to see. Uh, they've worked with uh, Bill before uh, when Cass and Enzo. They've worked with them before. Had on big matches with him. But the Machine Brian Cage. He wrestles his own style. Very amazing wrestler. But this was a far cry from what they've been wrestling as far as tag teams. They, they you know most tag teams they've been wrestling. They're about the same size, you know, you know, very t- work the same speed kind of thing. So you got Big Bill and I just thought they did a great job of selling how much stronger uh, Big Bill and Brian Cage were and how they had to adjust and they had to use ta- uh, they had to use, you know, true tag team ability to wear them down to finally win the match. I, I thought this I thought this was a good match. I really I really enjoyed it. And I, like I said, it was a change of pace. It wasn't the same, you know, like same kind of FTR match. Even though when they do the same match, it's amazing. But this was a, they had to work a little different. I was really upset that Cash did not Gorilla Press Slam Brian Cage. I I wanted to see it. It didn't. Ha- he he promised me it. It didn't happen. I I I feel like he owes me at this point a Gorilla Press Slam. But after the match, um, yeah, uh, to still align. From fellow Kansas City Chiefs fan, handsome guy, Daddy Magic, Matt Menard. You know what makes my nipples hard? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood said they had unfinished business. And they have been talking about having unfinished business. Uh, they, the series is tied at 1-1. Uh, the Young Bucks, uh, Full Gear 20. Uh, luckily, I was there. And uh, the Young Bucks beat FTR. Then on a dynamite in uh, a dynamite in Pittsburgh, I don't remember what city. Uh, Jr. told me what city, but in a dynamite uh, last year in April, uh, FTR got the win back to get it to one one. Now we're gonna get FTR. They challenged them, challenged the Young Bucks. FTR versus Young Bucks. All in, eighty thousand people, and just a little commentary, and we can, you know, a little commentary. Then I get Austin's thoughts. I was there at that first show, and I literally it was at, in Boston, by the way. Boston, there you go, East Coast, whatever. I was uh, there at that first show, um, and I watched the match, and at the end, I said it's probably my favorite match I've ever seen live. I thought they had amazing chemistry. I know not a lot of people. Some people agreed, some people didn't. I thought it was 
Uh, I thought it was the uh, perfect, like a perfect tag team match to, to feature their style, but it was on the wrong stage. It wasn't where it should be. It was in front of a thousand people. COVID, we had to sit far away. Uh, we had to sit far away. Um, and it was, even though it was a great match, it wasn't the stage they deserved. To see, even just teasing it, just when sending out the challenge, 80,000 people, uh, Wembley Stadium, the, my two favorite tag teams of this generation, my two favorite tag teams, period, wrestling against each other, and the idea that I get to be there for it, I I I don't even know what to do with that information. That is just it it's bigger than, you know, like me. It's bigger than wrestling. It's my match. It's my match. It's like as much as I really and I have to use this as an example because it's probably the only person that's on the level of FTR and the Bucks as far as how I love them. As far as seeing Cody at Mania, Cody Mania at Mania. Uh, uh, Cody, uh, Cody, uh, main event in WrestleMania was super important to me. Them doing this in front of 80,000 people is equally, if not more important. Yeah. I mean, that is going to be a huge moment. Um, like I said, the match between Brian Cage and Big Bill was solid. You know, it's a consistently solid match that you expect from FTR's tag team match resume. But yes. The biggest thing with uh, that FTR and Young Bucks feud is that it's been really good. But, of course, when FTR made the jump to AEW, pandemic, no fans in attendance, and it didn't get the buzz that it should have like because of the crowd reaction that it was sorely lacking because of the lack of fans. You're going to have nearly, you're going to have over 80,000 strong seeing the Young Bucks and FTR close it out of this trilogy of matches two of the best tag teams in the world and you are going to get them in Wembley stadium it's gonna be outrageous and it is just who is the greatest tag team of all time match that could very well steal the show and this is like the level of like stuff that we want to see tag team wrestling wise for the titles like, this match is one of the biggest. It was one that we were kind of hoping they'd announce for All In. And now that we got it, you know, it's great to see. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be outrageous. And I'm unbelievably jealous of the fact that you are going to be seeing this in person. Because this crowd is going to go insane for those two, those four, I swear. But <clears throat> uh, moving on, though, for Collision. Quickly over the TBS Championship match between Chris Statlander and Mercedes Martinez. It was fine. You had uh, Diamante come down out of nowhere to jump uh, Chris Statlander alongside Martinez, where Willow Nightingale came out, and that set up for what we're getting on Collision this week, which is a tag match between Mercedes Martinez and Diamante versus Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. That was fine. The biggest thing for the women's division in regards to Collision, though, was the character change sort of for Tony Storm, or Tony Storm now playing Marilyn Monroe. Like, I'm sorry, and it was it was unfortunate because I love Chris Statlander. Her TBS Championship match kind of just felt like it was just there to continue a little bit of what was happening with the Mercedes Martinez start of that feud. 
But again, Chris Statler already won the match to defend the title and Mercedes lost it. Now she got Diamante to basically jump her to keep the feud going. So it, it's kind of already losing a little bit. Like I said, I felt like they should have saved this match. But regardless of the fact, Tony Storm, though, being here, like doing her backstage interview with uh, Tony Schiavone and a black, just straight out nightgown, hair all messed up like Marilyn Monroe style and being like, uh, I am a star. Am I not a star? Am I am I not as good as I would? Look at the state of me. This do you think this is right for me? And like just absolutely like unraveling. Um and there was a recent TikTok actually that someone filmed of Rampage uh from this week of Tony Storm uh with the outcasts and they were just they shouted at her Marilyn Monroe and she just gets up to her and was like, sit, sit, sit down. And she and the guy goes, Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. It was such a fun like interaction. Um this character change for Tony Storm could be honestly one of the most entertaining things recently for the women's division, just because like the way that Tony's bought into it and the way that she's selling the character, like it has me heavily intrigued. I love the outcast. Like I said, Soraya getting a little bit, hopefully we're going to get to the point where we find out what she's doing at all in. Um, and I think it's going to get to the point with when we talk about what was announced on dynamite. So I'm pretty sure we're almost going to get that confirmed, but, uh, yeah, I love Ruby Soho. I love what they're changing with Tony Storm. I just I, I had to comment on that backstage promo because I was like, "This is interesting." Yeah, it was. Um, I you you said it, and I tried to kind of go on YouTube and watch it back really quick, and I was like, "Yeah, she." Uh, I you know I I can kind of see some uh, that Tony should probably need to show a little bit more personality moving forward, and I think she can pull this off i think she's doing a really good job uh, honestly her being you know super attractive definitely helps out with that so she's pulling it off right now so i enjoy it uh and like as i heard you kind of describing what happened i was like did i miss that uh so, yeah, yeah. It, it, it happened relatively quickly but like i said when i saw it i was just like this is in this is interesting and like i said when she said i'm not trying to be like that kind of guy but when she said look at me and like her nightgown kind of slightly opened up to her wrestling gear underneath which looked like a bra but it was just her wrestling top uh and she's like look at the state of me and i'm like tony like some people are going to take that a different way but regardless of the fact like i said the way that she had her freak out on tony storm was hysterical and very entertaining and i want to see what this character continues to be like taco page video which i don't know it's been going around twitter recently but the rampage fan interaction shows me that this could be a lot of fun honestly and another development for the outcast which seem to be getting better every single time that they get a big moment so um i'm excited to see where it goes though samoa joe killed serpentico in less than 15 seconds and then we get to my level of this stuff which is samoa joe calls out cm punk the real world champion saying, basically, we have battled for over three hours in this ring over years upon years of matches, and a roll-up is not good enough for our legacy, and asking him to give their legacy what it deserves with the eyes of the world upon us, with the eyes of Wembley Stadium, 80,000 plus, giving them everything they have. And, yeah, it has been... 
we're waiting basically i'm pretty sure uh next week is when uh they fully com- uh, confirm it because uh, they said uh my uh, my courtesy only extends to this week if you make me wait until next week you best believe i'll be convincing your ass punk uh samoa joe versus cm punk at wembley stadium considering the fact like i said the fact that this feud started in Ring of Honor, in smaller venues, and now they're going to be doing this match in front of 80,000 people. Holy fucking shit. Like, and I said straight up, that match in the Owen Hart Foundation uh, Invitational, they left something on the tape. I knew they left something on the tape. Uh, So I am very, very excited for this match. Was it exactly what I wanted Punk to do at All In? No. I honestly thought a genuinely thing that could be fun to see. This was just me fantasy booking, but remember how in uh, uh for uh All Out uh Starcast three when Punk did his uh Starcast interview and he talked about Will Osprey tweeting him how he wanted to wrestle him. Yeah. I thought Will Osprey versus CM Punk would be a match that people would want to see, especially fantasy booking wise of something like. When would you think you would see these two guys wrestle in the middle of the ring at Wembley Stadium? Like, and plus, fan reaction would be very interesting, especially if we're trying to lean a little bit more towards heel punk, like down the line. Be a very interesting reaction for the fans. Um, and I know people have complained about Punk's more limited move set that he's had, just protecting himself and just because he can't do as much as he used to. Um, Will Ospreay could do a ton of shit to mask all of that. But either way, like I said, I, of course, want to get to the point where we have CMFTR versus the Elite. We're getting that with the Bucks versus FTR, but that's not kind of the full thing. It'll be down the line some point. I know we're going to get it eventually, but and I want it more as much as everybody else. But I am completely fine with Samoa Joe versus Punk at Wembley Stadium because I said that that last match left stuff on the table. This is where you finally get the blow off and you can get this match to kind of cl- put a bow on this and give these guys 30 plus minutes, they will do amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, Joe and punk, um, a little older, a little less athletic, but Joe wrestles a physical style punk, a physical style. I think, uh, really reacts to what his skill set is right now. Which is, you know, CM Punk, but I think it's closer to the type of match he could tell. If you remember uh, at All Out last year, the type of match he he told with Moxley, where it's just banging, banging, banging. I think him and Samoa Joe could put on that good match. The thing is, don't expect like a thirty-minute to an hour classic. I don't think that's them anymore. But if they could come out and put on a strong fifteen, twenty minutes. Banging, that'll be great. Um, I, I, uh, I, I was going to say I hope CM Punk accepts the challenge. But the way Joe said it, I'm asking. But if I don't get it, I'm still going to take it. That's the kind of situation we're in yeah. right now. So it's like, yeah, it's like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to ask. But just in case you know this, uh, I'm not really asking. I'm asking, but I'm not really asking. No, I and here's the deal. I do. Th- I personally still am of the mindset that if they wanted to go more than 30 minutes, I still think they have the physical ability to do so. That dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF, which is only less than two years, like a little, little over like a year old, that nearly went 30 minutes. It was just four minutes shy. I still think 
that if they wanted to, they could. Will they do another hour draw? Hell no. They're not going to go an hour again. Uh, but I do think they could get to the 30-minute mark. And regardless of the fact, I think if this is going to be the kind of like closing point of this feud, I would like to see them at least go like 20 minutes. So, And I think they can do that, and I think they would kill it. And I think this is a solid thing for Punk to be doing on All In, honestly. And I'm a, je- I'm a jealous person that I don't get to be at this show, so save the crazy match uh, for All Out, the show that I actually will be at, and I can, I can be okay with that. So, uh, moving on, uh, there was a nice little video, uh, nice little backstage interview with the acclaim talking about Daddy Ass's retirement, and basically saying like, "Hey, man, I hope that like you know we're gonna carry these boots around in case you come back, but if you're done." Like, thank you for everything you've done. It was a really, like, in, uh, Anthony Bones got very emotional as well. Um, and, yeah, it was honestly a good backstage interview, and it has me interested to see, like, if we'll see Daddy Ass again and, like, what they do with this story. Um, but, yeah. Uh, do you have anything you want to say on this, Floyd, That this little interview uh, uh, no. portion? No, you got that one. I'm good Okay. The trios titles match between House of Black and Action Andrade, Darius Martin, and Lee Johnson – only two major things I want to mention. One, the fact that they banned Julia Hart from Ringstyle, which ring from Ringside, sorry, and uh, Lee Johnson got told you ain't getting none, basically, by Julia Hart for making that decision, and that made me laugh because I was really like, "Lee, that's your girl. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing?" Uh, regardless of the fact, I thought that was funny, and I love the fact that they played into it especially on Twitter. Um, House of Black got a pretty solid win on it. But then they announced, like, during, like, once the match was over, AEW Trios titles match next week on Collision, which would be this Saturday, House of Black versus CMFTR. Floyd, I nearly fell out of my chair. I was not expecting that. I was like, what? Was not expecting that at all. Like, at all like wasn't expecting that at all like like it just came out of nowhere yeah like i still like i'm still like jaw dropped what the hell is going on here i i I really i really don't know and and that's the thing too is like for a match like this you would have thought that it would have had like actual like you know build it's just no this is happening and the AEW tends to do a lot of this booking where they really like knock you on your ass with surprise matches like this um and i'm like i'm for it it gets me gassed but like i'm just now i'm just curious what the hell this is even going to be and what's going to happen in regards to it and honestly my biggest thing is that i think because punk hasn't announced or hasn't made his claim to uh, accept Samoa Joe's challenge I think Joe interferes and costs at CMFTR the trios titles is what my prediction is. Yeah, I think that's, I I mean, I believe that's my prediction too. Uh, Joe or uh, even later Ricky Starks might have something to do with it. Possibly. Yeah, so. But regardless, threw me on my ass because I was like, holy fucking shit, they're getting a shot at the trios titles. Um, So that's got me really excited for this Saturday. Um, only thing else I want to talk about, honestly, before the main event of Collision was Christian Cage uh, asking security to remove his daughter from the venue. His own daughter? His own daughter. 
Yes. Did you not see this? I I saw the girl. Uh, I think I was. You know, I was no. I know what I was doing. I was watching Collision Slam, so I had both TVs on. I had at that time I had the volume on SummerSlam and not on Collision. Yeah. Yeah. No. So he literally I saw talked it, about was I, yeah. He literally was like calling out Darby Allen basically, and uh, I'm a role model for children all over the world and not just my own child. He was right next to her, and Christian's daughter asks, "Can I hold your belt?" And he goes, "Did you win this belt?" You did not win this belt. Nobody touches this belt except for me. He goes, go find your mother. Sends her away. And then he's like, security. She's not creden- She doesn't have credentials. Remove her from the building. Wow. That's... I was just like, oh, my God. That is hit- um, unbelievable. That, yes. That is. I wish I got like I was going to. I kept meaning this week to go back and watch the rest of the show and i went back and watched the ftr match because i did miss some of that but i didn't watch the rest of the show so i missed that then now i'm sad that i missed it now i'm gonna have to go back and watch it because christian is a despicable heel but he's the best in the world at it that's what i'm saying dude and again like i said him and and luchasaurus's uh pairing with the tnt championship has revitalized that belt in a way that it hasn't experienced since like Nero and Darby Allen held it. So I love, I love what they've been doing with the TNT Championship with Christian and Luchasaurus. It's been outstanding. And yeah, Christian literally sent his sent his his own daughter to be removed from the building because he she wanted to touch the belt. You don't touch his belt. Uh, outstanding segment. One of the spotlights of the entire show. Main event though, real world championship on the line. First. Title defense of the real world championship by Mr. CM Punk versus absolute Ricky Starks. It was a good match. There were some sloppy moments in the match, I will say. Jim Ross, shout out Jim Ross as he was back and he actually called this match. And he was really, really, like this this match that perfectly. Very much like an old school kind of storyline story like that he can talk about. And also he's a big CM Punk guy. So I like having Jim Ross call CM Punk matches. I'm all for that. Um, But there was a couple moments where there was a point where I think uh, Punk was going to go for the elbow drop. And he dives. And it looked like it was supposed to be caught into a uh, Samoan drop. And it kind of happened a little bit sloppily. And even JR was like, that was ugly. Uh, That was a little bit rough. I know some people are getting on it basically being like, you know, punks washed or everything like that y'all go to hell honestly i don't have time for you uh i thought it was a good match first title defense uh i love the fact that uh they had ricky the dragon steamboat involved to uh not only like like basically stop punk from getting dq'd and like getting in like holding him back as he was at one point like laying laying into ricky starks uh but uh then as Ricky Starks, uh, there was a the spot where uh, the ref, the main referee gets knocked down was so so good uh, because Ricky basically uh, gets to a point where he goes for the spear, Punk dodges him, and then uh, as like Starks goes and hits an Alabama slam, he knocks down the referee, and then that's when he goes to put his feet on the ropes. Ricky Steamboat knocks his feet off of the ropes. Punk gets a roll-up, beats Ricky Starks, retains the real-world championship, and after the match, Starks proceeds to knock Steamboat on his ass into CM Punk, 
and then grabs uh, Steamboat's belt and starts whipping him. Uh, great little heel moment right there for him. Punk grabbed a steel chair, chasing off uh, Ricky Starks, and even chased him up the ramp and threw the chair at him. Um, so Punk chases Ricky Starks away. Got a lot of heel heat for taking out uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, and I thought this was a, a really, it was a good main event. It wasn't like anything amazing, but for the start of CM Punk with this real world championship stuff, I think it has a solid base to it. I love the inclusion of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, yeah, I'm, like I said, I thought it was good. I'm not going to be the first person out here to be like, I'm not going to be out here being like, you know, oh, this was match of the night. It really wasn't, honestly. It really wasn't. I kind of think, honestly, if you were talking about like big moments of like wrestling, I would point to either the FTR match or probably the trios match just for the action that they had in the match itself. Um, but for an all right collision, this was a good main event. And I'm like I said, I'm excited to see what continues with Punk with this real world championship. So, Floyd, your thoughts. Dude, he would beat the dog shit out of uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That's what I'm saying, dude. He would the living hell out of it. In Carolina, it was in the Carolina areas, the Atlantic area. This is where Ricky kind of made his name. Uh, Yeah, that was crazy. And he, I mean, I I fully think that Ricky is the one that said beat me like that. But, dude, that was an uncomfortable beating. It was rough, dude. Yes. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. So I loved it. I loved it. And like, I mean, that's just me being who I am as far as like old school wrestling. Uh, like Ricky was borderline and, you know, he cheated to win. It was like, oh, I'm doing what's necessary. Oh, this is his full on fuck you. I'm a heel moment was beating the shit out of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, yeah. And it was really, really well done. There's only two other things I want to mention from Collision. One was Ian Riccoboni screaming, like basically whispering help me like send help when the guns were on commentary for uh juice robinson's i mean J- switch played jay white's match against uh metalik so he was like save me please uh that was very funny and then after collision went off the air in of course uh old school wrestling town greensville south carolina cm punk and ftr bring out one half of one of the top tag teams of all time Loverboy Dennis Condry of the Midnight Express out in South Carolina, in the Carolinas. And they paid him their, their respects. Literally, you had FTR, like Dax and Cash, like almost like we're not worthy bowing on their knees to Dennis Condry. Uh, it was a really great moment. Uh, and yeah, and Dennis Condry even said like FTR is the best tag team. He's like, we fought over this all the time. You guys are the best tag team in wrestling right now. Uh so it was a really cool moment. If you haven't seen that, it's on the YouTube channel. It was after the show went off the air. Uh, definitely check that out because it was it was genuinely really cool. Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was a cool thing. I I've seen them do like last summer when I was following them around the country. Uh, you know, uh, they did the, in West Virginia. They gave him his shout out, and that was awesome. I actually got to meet Dennis Condry, got a picture with him, uh, you know, and he was very like choked up because you know they they really. They really respected what he did. So I really did appreciate that. It's one of those things that you get to tell the people, you know, that mean stuff to you, that mean something to you growing up, how much they meant to you. And they understand it because now you do what they do. So that is that was it's it's always a I imagine it's an extra level of respect coming from someone that you moved to do it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it was a very cool thing to see. And we'll move over now off of that to AEW Dynamite from OHIO, Columbus, Ohio. CJ Stroud looks so good, guys, doesn't he? Damn you, Buckeyes. Uh, Show kicks off with the Jericho Appreciation Society mandatory meeting, which basically amounted to everybody walking out on Chris Jericho. Everybody. Everybody basically being like, we do not appreciate you anymore. We can't do this anymore. And top moment, honestly, was when Daniel Garcia just like storms out of the ring and then gyrates his hips in Jericho's face and then just like, fuck you, and walks away. Also, another moment that was honestly kind of cool was the fact that Sammy Guevara was wearing his old inner circle jacket. Very cool that he decided to break that out for this big meeting. Um, So basically, the JAS basically shows no confidence in Chris Jericho, walks out on him. And it leaves out to backstage where Rene Paquette tried to interview Chris Jericho. Don Callis walked down and was like, hey, man, I'm sorry that the whole ordeal happened. It's Jericho's like, it's fine, man. And anyway, it's fine. I have my announcement, my decision. I've made my decision on whether or not to join the Don Callis family. I will announce it next week. So that's basically the thing. JAS left Chris Jericho and just kind of was like, we can't do this anymore, man, if you're going to be doing this. And Don Callis is like, door is open. And Jericho's made his decision. We'll find out next week on Dynamite. Uh, it was a good segment to open the show, but honestly, like I said, considering the fact that the segment just kind of went point by point by point by point by point, Matt Menard closing it off, like uh, like other than Sammy closing it off with Matt Menard and Sammy was solid. Matt Menard, incredibly emotional when he did it too, and like he was one of the best parts of the whole thing. Um, but but yeah, man, it was uh, it was a solid enough segment, but like, you kind of could see where things were going. It might have went on a tad too long. But I thought it was still solid. I, I thought, like, proclivity of positivity. I, You know that's what we do. I thought these uh, people, I thought this was literally the most boring way to start off a dynamite ever. It, that's the thing. Considering the fact that AEW doesn't do this consistently, like I said, it felt like, like, no, the, like if a, this was a show the, that, uh, yeah. If this was the second segment of the show, fine. Right. You if start with the Hardys. They, and, they should have started with the Hardys in the and, Oh, my God. I'm like, dude, if I'm just a wrestling guy and I turn it on, and it's like literally you got uh, six people passing out around the mic all saying the exact same thing. Didn't they all yeah, say the no, same I, thing? Pretty much, yeah. It's like, we're not appreciating you anymore. I quit, and like I don't appreciate Chris Jericho. I can't do this anymore. Um Bloody bloody blah. It was basically all yeah. It was all the same thing. They should have started the show with Hardys versus Young Bucks. Yeah, it, that, it, it, we would it have gotten just... way more action out of Jump Street. We would have gotten the announcement of CM uh, of FTR versus Young Bucks getting confirmed there, and then have FTR come out at the end of it, which we'll talk about. Uh, and then you could have this segment, and it would have been fine. AEW doesn't tend to start off Dynamites with segments like this. They tend to go out the gate with a high action match, which is kind of the way that we prefer it that, so I mean, the fact that they went with this decision honestly just struck me as like kind of odd that's this their, is what they that, do that's their brand is we start off uh of tony khan i my plan is to start off with a hot match every week start off with wrestling every week and it was just like this is not wrestling this is like literally and i felt like like one of them could have just said it like matt menard could say it this is what we all did, and it would have had such more of a moment 
when they dropped it and everybody left the ring except Sammy. And then Sammy said, I'm like, I could back, I could, uh, I could, uh, you know, hindsight 2020, you know, uh, you know, uh, whatever, what is it? Quarterback? I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not even in the game, but I could say how this could have been better a hundred different ways. But yes, it was boring. It was like, I started looking for something else. I was like, I don't turn the channel, but I was like, like going through Twitter and Instagram because it was just like, this is not good. And I don't yeah, blame no, any yeah. of the people. It's just when dynamite starts, when the, you know, you like the fuse and you get all that stuff. You want to see wrestling in the ring. You want four guys in the ring beating the shit out of each other. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, it's just that, like I said, I, I still think the segment was fine. I thought it was an all right segment, but it shouldn't have started off the show. That was my biggest complaint about it because it just felt like we kind of started I, yeah. and we never got going. I felt like, and this is the biggest thing I was talking about, uh, you know, uh, when I was looking at it, it felt like this. you could have put on the same show organized a little differently because I do feel like the crowd wasn't into most of the show. And I just think maybe that segment kind of taken out of it. I'm like, I can't blame it all on that segment. It just felt like the crowd wasn't as into the show as I, you know, probably felt they should be or whatever, but it, it felt they were kind of flat most of the show. And I don't know if it's just that start of it. It was just weird. Yeah. It just felt like the show, like kind of was just like structured a little bit weird was my only thing in that regard. But I'm not going to be out here saying the segment was bad. It was fine. It was a decent segment. And I, like I said, I like how it sets up for what next week's going to be. But it shouldn't have started the show. But moving on to the Hardys versus the Young Bucks, a tag team that match that we've seen before. But obviously you get some good quality out of it. Um, yeah, and this was a good tag team match. Uh, there was a point where uh, Jeff looked like he was going to uh, the uh, – I can't remember the name of the move. It's the whisper in the wind. Looked like he was going to do that again. And I think it was Matt who kicked his legs from out from underneath him. And when he fell, dude, that scared the living shit out of me. I was just like, oh, my God. Um, and there was a point where the Young Bucks hit the 3D on Jeff Hardy, which popped so, me, honestly. Because Bully, Bully Ray was on Busted Open today. And he looked sound like he I was saw, about to. I heard it, He yes. sounded like he was about to go off on hating it. And he was like, oh, my God, it was perfectly done. And he just started marking yeah, out. Like, and I loved I it. I never. It's like, if you're doing. the, I don't want to see you doing the 3D unless you do it that good. That was perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Love, love the way that they did it. I, again, against the Hardys. It was, it was outstanding. Yeah. I, I love the 3D. But come on. I feel like it was right there. Do the shatter machine. Come on. Poke yeah, the bear. Poke the bear. They can poke the bear next week. Though. Poke the poke bear. Them. You're they about to poke the you bear literally, they called them out uh, after the match. You're literally about to set the challenge. Dude, you hit the shatter machine right there. And the FTR comes back and does like uh the melter driver next week. I I I, I want the one thing I did not like about the Young Bucks and FTR for the first two matches is there was no build. The build said, well, sucks. It was it was yeah. it was it was cordial. It, the build sucks. The build sucked. It is August 9th. I got two dynamites and I believe three collisions to go. I want fire. I want evil. 
I want somebody getting drove through something. I want to fight. Make me feel it. They talk about wrestling as feelings. Make me fucking feel it this time before the match even gets here. I know I'm going to feel it. Okay, come on. This is my dream match. Whatever. I'm talking about make the audience feel it. I want people messaging me talking about how excited for this match is because the FTR and the Young Bucks fucking hate each other. That's what I want. You know yeah, I love the drama it, of wrestling. It needs heat. Yeah, like I said, yeah, yeah. it needs heat. And the, since we know yeah. what's around, like yeah, obviously, yeah. listen, FTR wasn't there when the whole shit went went down. But doesn't mean they can't still shit on the Young Bucks. Yeah. I, it can't mean like the Young Bucks is like you weren't even there for your friend. They can't. He, they can say it. It's right there because they weren't there. You know, and it's just like, I don't know. I, I like, dude, I want the drama turned up to 11. Not 10. 10 is pedestrian for this feud. 10 is pedestrian for two of the greatest tag teams. Up. I need this feud. I need this beef turned up to 11. I want them staring at each other in the arena with 80,000 people saying, uh, this is awesome before they even touch each other. Let's fucking go. If you can't tell, I'm excited. That I have not, this is as excited as I've been about anything in wrestling since Cody main event in WrestleMania. I am turned up. This is, I want this. I need this. If I had, I wouldn't be less excited if I had to stay home and watch it. I am, I thank God that I get to be there. But I wouldn't be less excited if I had to stay home and watch it. These are the two best tag teams of our generation. My two favorite tag teams of all time. 80,000 people, give me the build that this rivalry deserves. There you go. You've heard, you heard the FTR, man. Uh, we move over to the fact that they announced that after the Young Bucks called out FTR and they said that they're all in, uh, on there's going to be a four-way match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Tony Storm, using her rematch clause, gets a bye. So she's already confirmed to be in the match. There are going to be a couple matches to determine the other three competitors. One being, of course, the women's title match that was taking place later in the night in the main event, which was Hikaru Shida versus Anna Jay. Uh, then you also have Soraya versus Sky Blue, which happens on Rampage. And they would face the winner of Shida versus Anna Jay. And then the winner of the match between uh, the Bunny and the Blade which will be taking place, I mean, the Bunny and Dr. Britt Baker DMD, excuse me, uh, which takes place next week on Dynamite, which also, the Bunny's back. Allie's back. I know she was suffering from injury, which is why she'd been gone for a little while, but I am genuinely happy to see Allie back. It is really honestly good to see. Um, she's not winning this match, but I'm very happy to at least see her, and I hope she gets some more stuff to do. But, uh, yeah, you have right there... Uh, most likely what your four-way will be after we finish up Dynamite because we know who, who won the who, who won the Women's World Championship later in the night. But we need to talk, though, about the FTW Championship match. Dude. Rob Van Dam can still fucking go. Dude, I'm not saying offering him a full-time contract, but if you are likely to do, like, eight to ten appearances this year, I ain't mad at it because... Well, I look, dude. It's yeah. like if 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 AEW ain't offering him a full time deal, I'm pretty sure WWE might look at that and be like, "Dog, you want to come back?" Yeah, this is uh, you want to talk about like, like 
that dude, I mean, yoga, yoga, you know, stretching seems to be where it's at. Cause this man, dude, he made me want to start getting high. That's how, uh, like more often, you know, like, what are you is, smoking? Dude? You like, where do you get your from? Yeah, yeah, cause this dude is like, it was in amazing shape. I like, is he 95 RVD? No, but is he too much slower than that? Nah, not really. I mean, and the way they told the story and did the match and they focused on what he could do good and they didn't just try to get like super crazy, stupid athletic. I, I thought Jungle Boy and Robin Nam told a perfect story in this match. They put this match together well. And I Dude, came out the, impressed. Like the moment the moment they got me perfectly was when he did the spinning leg drop on the outside on the barricade. Yeah. He hit that with picture perfect precision. Dude. And it looked vicious. Yeah, you, I mean, you show me a video from 95, I would not be able to tell the difference. That's like, what I'm saying, man. Like, he does that so well. And, like, this right here. And the fact that J- J- uh, Jack Perry was wearing Jerry Lynn gear. Like, had his gear literally in the style of Jerry Lynn. Uh, and then rolling thunder onto the steel chair. Like, like this whole match, dude, it was nostalgic, but also told a really good new story with a new character in Jack Perry. Um, Five-star frog splash after uh, a point happened where the referee Bryce Remsburg got dropped. Got dropped by as Jack Perry threw a chair at RVD and nails Bryce Remsburg in the face. And Jack Perry then crashes onto the floor. Five-star frog splash. Aubrey Edwards runs out to try to make the count. Jack Perry kicks out. And as RVD is questioning it, Low blow, holds the tights on a roll-up, pins RVD, retains the FTW championship, and again, anything goes for yeah, the say, FTW Yeah, I was going I mean, that was, it's like, it's frowned upon, but it wasn't illegal, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, just because the ref didn't see it or whatever doesn't matter, it's FTW rules. Yeah, but was it the coward's way out? Was it not the, was it not the, in the spirit of FTW correct? But was it? Yes. Did he do anything illegal? If you're going to do FTW like levels of violence and cheating or whatever, or using like dastardly tactics, you do it while looking your opponent in the fucking eyes. Yes. Like yeah. I'm going to throw a chair at your face and you can't stop. Correct. So yeah, no, uh, I completely, I I just love it. I this was the first time, and I mean this monumental first time about Jack Perry as a heel. That's what I'm saying. This felt like the light bulb moment almost. Yes. Where it's like this RVD made you hate Jack Perry for the things that he did to him. After Rock this Van match. Dam looked like a star, puts over Jack Perry as a heel. And again, like it just felt like this was the moment where I'm like, okay, we got something now. Let's I, get this moving. I know he doesn't wrestle anymore. And what I'm asking for won't happen. But at the end of this match, I literally wanted Taz to choke out Jack Perry. Oh, I know. I don't know. Not, 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 or, uh, not hook. Honestly, not here's, hook. What the, here's what I, I'm not even saying that he needed to choke him out. But what I would honestly do is just like walk over towards the announcer's desk and just hold the FTW championship. Maybe even spit at Taz. Cause him to try to fight over Excalibur and Tony, Tony Schiavone. Cause him to try to chase after him and just be like as furious. Like, I'm going to kill you. Yes. Like, like get, I want, I want him to start aggravating Taz. Yes. Like, get him more and more pissed off that he has what you made. 
there is no way this bill can't lead to some sort of Taz moment. And I That's think, what I'm saying. I think they can protect him or whatever. Whatever he's going to do, it's got to lead to some kind of Taz moment, Taz and Hook moment, where, you know, they finally get get at him. It has to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. My thing I think needs happens. to happen is just, like I said, have him at one point just, like, you know, like if, if, it, if it revolves Hook or whatever like that, Honestly, what I think would be amazing is if he gets like Jack Perry, like basically held up and he's he's like trapped in some sort of way. And then he just looks over at Taz, hands him the FTW championship for him to just smack it into jungle in Jack Perry's face. That would I honestly I thought that I think that would be a great moment to cap off the story. Honestly, if if that happened to help out, like like Hook was like, I could do this myself, but it would be even cooler if I let Taz do it. Yes, absolutely. Just. Not even like a out. sense where like Taz wins the match for him. Hook could do it himself, but he wants Taz to do it for him. Get the catharsis. Yeah, so. no, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yes, but outstanding match. Gotta give the props to RVD. You are still the real the whole fucking show. All always love RVD. We then. Have Adam Cole and the AW World Championship MJF with another glorious Brochachos bonding moment where MJF uh, had uh, Adam Cole pick another thing for them to do. And they went to a trampoline park, which I was like, this is fucking dope. I don't know what MJF is freaking out about. However, it was in a, during a point where there was just a bunch of kids there. So. Adam Cole is just jumping on the trampoline, making faces like, look how high I can get. And he talked about all the things you can do, mentioned dodgeball, and MJF was like, I could have a little bit of fun with dodgeball. And he literally just goes, could be skinny dipping with babes right now instead of have fun with kids. I'm good with kids. And he starts chucking dodgeballs in kids' faces and just pelting them and saying things like, I'm your dad and you're you're – your your mom your mom this blah blah and just like and again outstanding and I love the two they had the trampoline park uh, worker who was looking like like disgusted at what he was doing Adam Cole is like you can't do this man this is wrong and then a little girl goes like what are two grown men doing at a trampoline park you guys are nerds and Adam Cole gets down and goes you know little girl. You really shouldn't talk like that to people. And then his face just changes to this just d- disgusted look at this girl as they as she flips them off. And Adam Cole gives him the okay to pelt that one little girl. And you asked for it. You asked for it. Another great segment between those two. Before I even talk about the in-ring promo with these guys, thoughts on the dodgeball and the uh, trampoline park segment. Dude, uh, this build is the weirdest world title build ever and it's works i know like there's no heat there's no nothing you you expect one of them to turn on the other but you don't know who it's gonna be and honestly the story makes sense no matter who it is because adam cole hasn't always been a good person mjf he literally calls himself the devil so whichever way you go it'll work i have no idea how this is gonna end now, this is what I'm talking about on wrestling, what we need out of wrestling. This is a build-up to a match, build-up to the biggest match at All In, and they're doing it completely different than anything I've ever seen, and they're making it work. 
this is not boring. This is beautiful. And, and it's like, because I don't know what to expect. You've seen every wrestling story through life, right? You've seen all the wrestling stories. Uh, and it's just like, oh, that's great. But now you're seeing this, this new different twist on it. And yes, if you saw it at an indie show or on some show that I didn't record, or you can go back and watch old WCW and WWE where it happened, okay, you got me. You're smarter than I am. You've seen more TV than I am. But I've never seen a storyline like this. How about you, Austin? Yeah, I can't say that I've seen a world title build for something like this before in my entire life And when it comes to wrestling, especially not one that's going to air in front of 80,000 at wrestle at uh wrestle, Wembley Stadium wrestling in front of what Wembley Stadium. No, 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 and, no promo battle. Let's go play at the trampoline and hit kids with dodgeballs. Yeah, literally he's like, "Oh, MJF in the ring with Adam Cole." He's like, "Oh, you want to do a promo battle? Let's do it." And like starts going and saying a whole bunch of stuff being like, "Adam Cole is so skinny and pale, ghostly pale white that if this was the 80s, Hogan would have snorted you, calling him a noodle arm bobblehead and doing all bunch of stuff. And Adam Cole was like, no, that's not what I wanted to do. Don't want to do a promo battle. And he's like, that's my bad. I misread the situation. Uh, so, yeah, it's, like, it's absolutely insane, like I said, that this is what the main event title match is going to be. But it has a thousand percent worked, and it's one of the best things in AEW right now. Um, and Adam Cole then mentions how, listen. We're going to make history with that AEW World Championship in Wembley, but let's go all in with making history. Continue to go all in. And he said, y'all love us as a tag team, I'm pretty sure, and you would love it if we had some tag team gold around our waist. And listen, I know we weren't able to win those AEW World Tag Team Championships. It was rough. But I have my eyes set on a different set of championships, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Talked about Adam Cole saying how his career would not be the same if it wasn't for Ring of Honor, and saying he's a former Ring of Honor world champion, television champion, survival of the fittest winner, but he's never held the Ring of Honor world tag team titles, and he's like, you know what? I think all in zero hour, we go after Aussie Open for the Ring of Honor world tag team titles. And MJF was like, you want me to wrestle not once but twice in a night? Are you a sick pervert? But he's like, you know what? Fine. Uh, you are my pro chacho for life. I'm a sucker for a cheap pop. And they're going to challenge for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles against Aussie Open. Uh, Roderick Strong flipped the fuck out, screaming at him, being like, you're going to, I'm a Ring of Honor legend. I'm your actual real best friend. Why are you tagging with him to try to win those? And MJF calls him, uh, uh, again, generic white guy situation. And I'm getting sick of your weirdo, jealous ex-girlfriend vibes. And then proceeded to say, uh, do whatever you generic white people normally do. Get in your car, go home, run up the stairs, slam the door to your room, jump in your bed, cry into your Hello Kitty kitty pillow, put on some headphones, listen to some Taylor Swift, and I want you to shake it off, you bland bitch. And I was just pissing myself laughing. Also, great timing since 1989 Taylor's version came out. Great timing on that regard. Uh, Roderick Strong was then like the kingdom was right about you you were never my friend and Mike Bennett and Matt Taven come they hug him and they walk to the back and Adam Cole is like trying to plead with Roddy to not like walk away 
And then he shoves MJF being like, what is wrong with you? I'm your friend, but I'm his friend too. And MJF just stares up cold as he looks up back at him. And Adam Cole's like, I'm sorry, I overreacted. And MJF's like, okay, all right, all right. And they hug. And Adam Cole's like, I'm going to go. And he's like, go check on your boy. Go check on your boy. He even does like a reluctant clap for uh, Adam Cole with the fans. And I was just like, man, like that. Like I was like, there's absolutely, again, MJF has no reason to be cool with Roderick Strong. And Adam Cole, like this whole ordeal with the way that Roderick Strong is acting too, is like, dog, are you serious? You're literally just jealous that he's doing this with uh, with uh, MJF. And also because you're like, he's going to turn on you, which we we honestly don't know who's turning on who. But segment was great. Uh, whole thing was very entertaining. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have anything else to say. Like I said, this feud has been weird but amazing. I can't wait to see the match at Wembley. R- uh, Roderick Strong is so over the top and fucking ridiculous. I, I know. Love it. I love it. I saw a little bit of this with the Diamond Mine when he was having a problem with the Diamond Mine. But to see this on AEW, and he really is playing super jealous ex-friend. I don't like that you have a new friend. I don't like that you like him more than me. Oh God, it's 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 perfect. I'll tell everyone that's involved in this right now, and now they added the kingdom. Everyone that's involved right now is doing a great job. Like I have an idea how it's gonna end. But it's I think it's so creative. And I think what they're doing is so different than anything I've seen. I'm not going to tell you what I thought because I don't want to ruin it. I want it to either play out the way I thought or not play out the way I thought with no expectations of a spoiler for me. It's like, I'm not going to, and if I didn't get it right, I'll be like, oh, they went a completely different way than I thought. I have no problem saying that. But it's just, I'm watching the story and the pieces coming together and I'm like, oh, they're going to do this. And I'm just like, but they could do the other thing. So I'm, 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 I can't wait to see it. I as well cannot wait to see it. Like I said, they're, they could go left, it could go right. I honestly don't know, but it could be, like I said, it's going to be amazing. We then had the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Lucha Bros, which was, a, like, there was cutters, first of all, cutters galore in this match, I will mention. Um, this was a really, really good match. Like, what you expect, obviously, from the Blackpool Combat Club and the Lucha Bros. Um, and the way that they won the match was when... Uh, Penta's mask got torn off of his face. And then that's when uh, Claudio, uh, he ripped the mask off his face, and then that caused uh, Moxley to get the pinfall. And he gets the win, as Claudio even puts the mask on his head. And then they start to continue to beat up on the Lucha Bros. Um, match was great. And again, it's it's more so just what we've said before. Like, I'm, We are not saying that the Blackpool Combat Club isn't good. They are a great group. It feels like they've been a bit overexposed. You know what I mean? Too kind much. Kind of just been used too yeah. much where too it's not special when we see them like do what they do. Yeah. Like, too, too much of anything is not great. It was like they too had. Too much it. of a good thing, dude. It just feels too, like too much of a good thing. They, they had that good feud where Willa Yuta almost died. You're telling me you couldn't go away for two weeks? And then come back or whatever. It's just felt like they just went right into the next thing. And it just feels like it's too much. It's too much. 
Maybe yeah. I'm not there. Like I, I'm glad that you feel kind of feel that way too, because because you know there's a lot of people that like think they're like some alternative like reasons. Like Blackpool Combat Club kind of got the spot I want to see them FTR to have. I'm like, you know what's the great thing about wrestling is there is no season. You know, wrestling doesn't stop at the end of August. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can get I can get the Elite versus CMFTR anytime the wrestling is not over until the day punk and ftr retires i can get it so i'm really not i'm not one of those people that ain't in a hurry to get it right now you know what i mean i can wait till later so i was fine with blackpool combat club and uh for blackpool combat club and elite fighting i just didn't care (laughs) i just didn't i didn't the heat didn't seem real it I, you know, it was just like, it felt like, like Kumbaya, where you respect each other. I didn't like it. That was just me. But I knew the matches were going to be dope because they're all dope performers. It's just like, you had this big ass blood and guts match. They lost the most violent group in AEW. Lost because Willa Yuta was literally getting choked and beat to death. And then it was like, they didn't take a break. They just, oh, we're back next Wednesday. Let's go. Did anything happen? I don't know. Yeah, I again, like I said, I'm I'm all for uh, like what the Blackpool Combat Club has done. But again, I just say you you get a point where it's like I said, this feud right now where we're kind of just in between best friends and the Lucha Bros. Like I said, you know, almost like been there, done that, or there should have been a little bit of a of a break in between the Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club, which spanned months of a feud and you would thought like maybe this would be a point where you could kind of take them off for a little bit get a little bit of time for the fans to miss them and then bring them back and then go crazy again but regardless we talked about this a bit much but kenny omega basically said we'll talk talk about next week for what he's going to do for all in as he's going to sit down with jim ross and talk about all in and then swerve strickland comes out with the mogul embassy ar fox calls out uh darby allen and darby basically was like Tell these people the whole story. I tried to call you. You didn't answer. I let you. I lived with you and your demons. Don't say I didn't try. I tried to help you. But the only person who could save you was you, so I had to leave. And then you got to AEW all by yourself. I didn't even have to put a word in. You're mad that I put in a word for a 16-year-old Nick Wayne? It's like, look, no matter what, you're, I'm always going to credit you for changing my life. You have some new friends, it seems like. But you got to remember, I have some new friends, too. Lights go dark. Come back on. Sting. Swinging at the mogul embassy, cracking Swerve with it, and then proceeding to hold him up against the corner. Taking the bat, pointing at the all-in sign. And they confirm. Sting and Darby Allen. Swerve Strickland. Swerve Strickland and AR Fox at all-in at Wembley Stadium. Fucking crazy match that they just pulled out, and it should be a lot of fun. Okay, yes. Uh, Sting with the again, AEW's continuing their record with the perfect use of Stinger. Uh, the oh, cool, yeah. the coolest challenge that you're ever gonna have. Bat uh, chest pointing up to the all inside, no words spoken. Yeah, can Sting talk? Yeah, but you know, this guy. Hey, you know, he walks awfully and he carries a big stick. 
And he all he did was point it all in. Swerve knew what he meant. Swerve knew that he's gonna get big get big game sting. He's gonna get AEW, you know, big match sting. And he knew to be a little bit scared. And like I said, I felt like Swerve has leveled up. I feel like I've always thought Swerve was a good wrestler. Swell, Swerve is an exceptional heel right now. He is exceptional character. He is an AR Fox by his side, perfect. With the mogul industry, I have one of the most intimidating factions in wrestling right now. And now that's what I'm saying, dude. The inclusion of AR Fox and the stuff that they did at the Buddy Wayne Academy attacking Nick Wayne, like the mogul embassies, has all of a sudden like been amplified significantly. And that's Sora Strickland's. Like he has taken that group that nobody gave a fuck about. And with the combination of Big Bill and uh, and uh, Brian Cage's tag team work. And then the combination of uh, AR Fox joining and then Swerve Strickland just being who he is, which is out fucking standing. Like, this group has turned a new leaf overnight. Yeah, Swerve, and- Swerve old, Swerve's old group got really, really upset when people's like, well, he's the front man. Okay. Swerve in hit row felt really hot and it felt like it should be pushed to the moon, right? Swerve yes. in the mogul industries fit really uh, 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 feels really hot, and they feel like they should be pushed to the moon. Hit row without Swerve feels like three people. Not a diss to any of them. It just doesn't feel special without Swerve. So your answer is, what is the common denominator? Swerve. This dude is a star. Put whoever you want around him. He will make it work. This evil character is like my favorite thing ever. And yeah, I just, man, he can beat up Nick Wayne every week. I don't think I'd be mad at it. That's what I'm saying, dude. He managed in 2023, because he's got AR Fox by his side. 2023, he does a what the Fox joke. And then off top of the, like the, of the chair or whatever was thrown in Nick Wayne's face. And doing the cook off or the uh, what does the fox say joke. That somehow worked coming out of Swerve. Like somehow. Like I will say, like Floyd's being nice about it. I'll say it straight up, dude. Like Hit Row is not the same without Swerve. I'm not saying that they're the but, worst thing on earth. They are, but they are not the same. They're a lower card act without Swerve. They That's what they are. And I'm not saying, oh, that's what I think they are. Uh, like, just I, look I, at the results. Look at what they're doing. With the look at what they're doing with it. I'm like uh, AJ's putting out. Uh, Francis is putting out top dollar. Putting out fire pro, uh, raps every week, and then he goes on and loses to uh, he uh, loses to LA Knight in like six seconds. What are we doing? Like I said, this is not a WWE show. I'm saying I'm only bringing this up to show the difference having someone like Swerve, an exceptional maybe generational talent on your group versus not having someone like Swerve, an exceptional generational talent in your group. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need, I'll be first to tell you. First time I saw Swerve, he coming out to the R&B music and dancing. I watched him wrestle. I ain't get him. I was like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Over the last year and a half, I have Darby Allen when it comes to Swerve. I went from... Somebody that kind of shrugged his shoulders when he came out to like, dude, I can't wait to swerve comes out. 
And it's funny, some about them dudes from Seattle or the Washington area. I don't like them at first, but then they come out and they kill it and they win me over. Yeah, no, for real. Um, so, yeah. for that, no one should ever tell you I can't change my mind because I have two big yeah. signs right there where I would have been like, I, you asked me how I felt about Swerve two years ago. I shrugged my shoulders. Like, whatever. You would have said the yeah. same thing about Darby, dude, years dude, ago. Dude, Darby was worse. Darby was like, I don't even know why they signed him. I don't get him. This dude is smaller than my nephew. I, I don't get it. And it was like, it took a while. Oh, my God. When he changed my mind, he changed my mind ever. And, like, that music hits, and I'm excited when Darby comes out. And now you got two guys I've really changed on going up against each other. And it's just, like, it's effort. Believe me, first impressions suck. But if you do the work, you, you know, you, you know, bad first impressions suck or whatever. But if you do the work and the person that you're dealing with is open-minded, you know, you can change minds. I can say that. My mind was changed. Yeah. No, absolutely. Main event, though, AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida defending against Anna Jay. Uh, I, I genuinely do love how Angela Parker and Matt Menard are out there supporting Anna Jay, like, wholeheartedly. Um, and this was a fine match, I will say. This was a fine match. There's a point where uh, Shida got... Uh, uh, planted face first at one point onto steel, the steel steps, which was really well done. The fighting to try to get the Queen Slayer in multiple times, but eventually Sheeta was able to kind of work her way out, hit the katana. It didn't hit as well as it could have. Um, and she basically just used it to say, I'm going to Wembley as champion. So she is in the AEW Women's 4-Way for the uh, World Championship uh, at Wembley Stadium. So we just need to find out who else will be in the match. Will it be... Uh, Dr. Britt Baker DMD? Will it be Sky Blue? Will it be Soraya? Will it be the Bunny? Those are your four remaining members who can be in that match. My prediction, Soraya Britt Baker. There you go. That And that's what I was talking about. We need an upset here. Like, like I, I thought I, maybe Sky Blue could be an upset. Maybe. Yeah. And, I was, and then you have Dr. Britt Baker kind of fall down a spiral and turn heel. Yeah. No, that would be a thing that you could do, but... It's probably not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I don't want I, on that show. I just had this devil thought in my mind. It was like, what if Sheeta loses her first match after everybody's been clamoring for her to win? And then Anna Jay, Anna Jay after leaving the JAS, the other two have her back, cheat and get the win. That it, would be, it, but again, that would be, in my yeah. regard, though, that would be a swerve just for the sake of doing a swerve. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes no. you got to do a swerve for no. the sake of a swerve. Not when it damages a character. Dude, I refuse to believe that. It would have elevated a character. No, it wouldn't have. Anna Jay would have got a win, and she'd been a champion. It would have elevated her. I don't believe that for a second, dude. I feel like, no. I don't believe that for a second. Dude, that would have been awesome. Uh, But uh, it didn't happen, of course. And then I was just like, oh, so they're just going to, they put up four people against four people they're going to obviously beat, and then just going to have those four people in it. Yeah, that's what happened. No, here's my here's my yeah, review. Yeah, I, yeah. I honestly think at this point right here, I do think that this is a transitional reign, honestly. I think as much as I love Sheeta, I think she might be in a transitional reign point. This is my honest to God thing. Like honestly, I think to like kind of really amp this up, I wonder if you have Soraya like 
turn on Tony Storm and win the title in her home country. Like, that's honestly something I think might happen. Soraya winning the title in the UK would be a big moment. That's what I think. Because I think that could be a moment. Even if she doesn't turn on Tony Storm to win it, Soraya winning in, in England, winning the Women's World Championship, I think would be the pinnacle of her time in AEW. Because I feel like right now, Soraya, obviously, they hasn't, she hasn't wrestled much. We know she came back from that dangerous neck injury and all that kind of stuff. And they're being very protective of her and all that kind of stuff. I think since she's gotten here, like her being here is a big deal. She hasn't had a big moment other than her return. I will say that firmly. I think her winning at Wembley could be her big moment. Because say she doesn't wrestle again like uh, a couple weeks down the line or she gets something happens like i would think you want to do that moment there and then like just sheeta can take it honestly like i said it would be i would obviously be disappointed for her that she doesn't get a genuine reign in front of fans but like i think people were saying that and then like she hasn't gotten outstanding responses i will say at least as of lately i will say but I think Soraya. I think Soraya winning in the UK has to be the move because I think the pop that you will get from that will be ginormous, and I think it would be a great moment for Soraya. So, it's just kind of cool that how how this is uh, going. Like if Britt wins, which I fully expect her to win, she will be in the Fatal Four Way. Britt was in the Fatal Four Way or the Four Way at All In. MJF curtain jerker. Oh, yeah. At All In. Now in the main event, the Young Bucks are still the Young Bucks. Kenny Omega, you're going to do something. Chris Jericho, Hangman, just just made the appearance, is going to be on it. Yeah, he he literally just made a surprise appearance at All In. So now we're going to get these these people that were on All In, and they're going to be on All In, too, uh, and it's going to be amazing. I do want a Battle Royal. I thought that was very fun at the first all in the Battle Royal. Uh a shout out to that. If uh I don't know what else what I would do, but uh the show is shaping up really, really well. Uh we got some other rumored matches. But yeah, Britt, she's come a long way. She you know, she went from oh, that's Adam Cole's girlfriend. That's that's how was she, that's what she was uh all in for me. Oh, that's Adam Cole's girlfriend. I don't think at that point other than like some enhancement matches in NXT, I'd ever really seen her wrestle, right? To now, DMD, one of my favorite women's wrestlers, especially in AEW, a uh, super big star, and now uh, she gets to go in the UK. You know, if it's me personally, I know the hometown pop is great, but if you want to write the division to me, you put on you put whenever you need to write the division in a company, you put it on your biggest star. When CM Punk got hurt, they put it on Moxley, their biggest star. When and now that the women's division is kind of struggling right now, you put the title on your biggest star, Britt Banker, DMD. That's how I see it. All right. Well, that. I, well, we've we've given you our opinions on that regard, and we'll talk more about it as we get closer to All In. But that is AEW Dynamite for this week. Now, of course, on Collision, well, we have Rampage, which will feature some... Um, do we have the matches, actually, that were recently announced for Rampage? I yeah, I did. I did. Hold on just a second. I was going to say, because I had, I, had, I had them, and I lost them for a split second. So uh, yeah, we had make sure I got we got OC versus Johnny TV for the AEW International title. That's right. That was the one I wanted to mention. Yeah. Soraya versus Sky Blue. Aussie Open in action. 
Darby Allen versus Brian Cage. Yep, so there's that. And then in terms of collision, of course, the trio's titles are on the line. House of Black versus CMFTR. We are going to have uh, the colli- the acclaim return to action as well for uh, Collision. Uh, and I think those are the main matches that have been announced for Collision. I don't know if they've announced anything else. I think they announced the, I think the, oh, yeah, the, the final Mercedes Martinez yeah. and Mercedes Martinez and Diamante versus Nightingale and Statlander, which we even talked about earlier in the show. And yeah, I think I think that's it. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a solid collision. Uh, probably ratings will be a little better now that uh, they don't have a fucking free pay per view to deal with. <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah. I think they're going to work out. Um, uh, one other thing too, I want to mention too is that they did announce that uh, AEW Title Tuesday is coming back October 10th. This is way down the line, but this is in Independence, Missouri. They're Kansas, bringing back Title Tuesday. Kansas City, baby. There you it, go. It, it's Title Tuesday in the championship city. What? There, there you go. So September, uh, October, tw- October 10th, obviously moving that because TBS will be doing the MLB playoffs around that time. So, you know, there you go. Uh, but, yeah, so you, uh, that, Kansas City getting some more yeah. getting some Title Tuesday wrestling. Hopefully you'll still be talking to me after we smash Detroit. Uh, oh, but it's my ass. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be a, a fun – a fun in Kansas City. I don't know if I'm going to make it to that show, but I kind of want to make it to that show because just because, you know, it's uh, Kansas City. Love going up to the city, uh, going up to that city, seeing my team, and especially we'll be like, what, 6, 7, and 0 at that point. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And they got another show that they announced that's going to be in. Uh, I was like, because I, I read the name of the town, and, you know, I always considered it like, the Oklahoma, Texas is my home territory, and I always say that, but uh, there is, uh, it's the 18th, it's that next week, that next Wednesday, it's going to be in a city called Rosenberg, Texas, and I never heard of Rosenberg, Texas, but apparently Rosenberg, Texas is in Houston, and they're open, it's going to be a new building that just, it hasn't even opened yet, it opens up next month, uh, called the Ford Bean Epicenter, so I'm really excited, I like, I like going to new buildings, especially like that just opened, I don't, I don't know what it is about it, it's just, being like one of the first to attend a show at a vending. So I will be at that. Uh, I will definitely, I will try to be at that show. I can't say I will be at the show, but I will try. Yeah. Well, hopefully it works out for you, man. But I think that'll do it though. Unless you have any other headlines you want to talk about with AEW. I do not. There you go. So that will do it for this episode of all things elite guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and tuning into all things elite. We really do appreciate it. And again, once again, huge shout-out to AEW, all-in, London, Wembley Stadium, breaking SummerSlam 92's record on the cusp soon to be breaking WrestleMania 32's record. Uh, it's outstanding, and I can't wait to see we get to that point. Uh, huge accomplishment by AEW, and I just love the fact that we're at this point where a, a different wrestling company can do a show like this, and it ge- genuinely sells like this. It is an amazing time for pro wrestling. Uh, Continue to download this show on Google or Apple Podcasts, and if you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And also, we'd appreciate it if you leave a rating and a review. On social media, we are at AT Elite Pod. You can also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible, and check out all the other shows they have on their network as well. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, 
Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on tw- on Twitter, not X. Fuck that. And uh, go ahead and Floyd, I will pass it off to you as you can take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. I'd just like to let everyone know if you ever see me, you have permission to buy me White Castles. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, no, uh, thank you, everyone, as always, tuning in each week. The faithful audience that we have listening to us, I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate you us yammering on about wrestling and me getting overly excited about FTR, <laughs> FTR wrestling. So yeah, looking, we count down to all in. Uh, we we got to call the countdown to all in and all out within a month. Within a month, we would have had all in and all out. So we're about to have an exciting time in AEW. And so hopefully everybody's watching it. Make sure you're watching all the shows. Staying vigilant, as I put it. And you know what? Most importantly, take care of each other. Uh, Like I said, the world is not a fair or nice place, but that doesn't stop you from being both nice and fair. And I will leave you with the thing that I always leave you, whether it is home, work, or school. Always do your best to be elite.